Another episode of Witchy and Weird Pod. Cue the bats and thunder and lightning sound. Um, and today I wanted to talk about um, actually like a topic that I've seen come up a lot more recently on social media and with my clients, which I feel like is kind of my goal every week anyways, is to kind of if it's coming up in my reality and in my world, then it must be important to share. That's kind of how I'm operating. Um, so I wanted to talk about embodiment and kind of like the start by coming in from the lack of embodiment um, feedback or symptoms or side effects and talk about those and then bring it and tie it in with embodiment. What I field embodiment is because everybody has like their own definitions of it and how we can achieve that um also like how I personally teach it or do it myself um because (laughs) full disclaimer I am a huge like example of needing embodiment and learning embodiment and practicing embodiment so I guess we can start there. A um, little bit of history. Uh, I realized like one of my goals for this podcast was to be very raw about myself and my journey. And I feel like um, sometimes I get into like teacher mode um, when I'm recording these episodes. So I definitely want to make sure to like tie that piece in um, because I don't want it to feel like I'm just like, you should do this. You should do that. Think about this um, without like walking my talk. So embodiment for me is a new, very relatively new concept. I've been practicing it for probably like a year, maybe a year and a half. Actually, probably a year and a half since like last February. Um, And I grew up in a very traumatic household And with parents, or rather a parent, um, that was very, like, logic brain. She, my mom, is, like, her zodiac chart is, like, half Virgo. So she's, like, very logical, very organized. It's earth energy, not super emotional, not super, like, we have to do things a specific way. And she ran our household that way, um... And I had a lot of other traumatic stuff that happened um, in terms of, like, sexual abuse or, um, like, grooming and things like that. So I'm not going to get too much into that because that's not really relevant. Um, But with that being said, I was kind of conditioned slash... I learned from an early age to like disconnect from my intuition and to disconnect from my body because pretty much my whole childhood, I didn't feel safe in my body and I didn't feel safe in my home. 
So I learned how to like disassociate from that and to mostly operate off of logic and reasoning and to push down all my feelings and my emotions and disconnect with my body in order to survive the um, like living situation and just like in general. So in college, I started to go to therapy and started to like realize a lot of that stuff. And then I continued to work on it after I graduated and I started to go through my spiritual awakening. And then that's when I I was working with a mentor who's like all about embodiment. And that's kind of like when I was like, oh, hmm, okay. Like this is something that I never thought about like the fact that and now I love to teach it to other people because that's part of like who I am as a person it's like even in my human design chart like I'm a three-fifths manifesting generator so it's like the three-fifths people they um I love how I like made it into a fraction it's probably like three five life not life path maybe I don't know whatever the actual term is but basically for people who are three five or three-fifths um we have to go through the world by like experimenting so we have to like find things out for ourselves we have to like fail or succeed or try the thing so we take like data raw data and then we turn it into information so it's like what does this thing do oh this burned my hand maybe I shouldn't touch it it's hot so it's kind of like that and then the five part of it is um the I think it's called the the heretic. And so we're supposed to, oh, the three part is called the martyr in case anyone was wondering. Um, And the five part is when we take information and we turn it into light. So it's like, I'm meant to like go through the world, have my experiences, learn from them, and then share it with other people. Like that's how I intrinsically work. So, um, that's a huge part of why in my practice and in my business and what motivated me to do this for my business is to help others to not have to struggle and feel alone and feel like there's something wrong with them in many aspects um, by like doing things like my podcast (laughs) Um, and like helping, giving them opportunities to heal and showing them and teaching them that this is not the norm because I thought it was the norm for so long. So in my embodiment journey, like I had to basically like recreate my relationship with my body and learn how to be present in my body. And that was like a huge thing for me. And it still is a huge thing for me, um, especially with ADHD. I have to like remind myself to be in my body because it'll be nine o'clock. And then I'm like, let me take a break from doing whatever I was doing. Oh, shoot, I'm hungry. And I've been hungry, but I just have not been listening to my body. (laughs) So that's like the most simple example of it. But so I wanted to talk about, like, from that, I'll be peppering in like, my experiences. um, Two things that have been coming up that I've been seeing a lot with clients lately is like this thing that I'm calling the I don't knows. And I see this a lot with not just clients, but like people in general in my life. And basically what that is to me is like when people have 
a feeling or a reaction or an emotion or something, you'll hear it as like, I've been feeling very sad lately. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's coming up. I don't know what's triggering this. I don't know why. And that is a valid answer. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm saying that when you hear yourself saying, I don't know why, that that's kind of like a good um, indicator for yourself that you need to practice and return to your body and work with your body and listen to your body. Because the I don't know part of it for me um, is that either one, I don't want to know. And I'm just saying I don't know, right? Like maybe I'm feeling sad because someone in my family passed away and I'm not ready to acknowledge that. I'm not ready to face that. Um, that's valid, right? So it's about like when you hear yourself say it, going a little deeper and understanding where the motive comes from so that you can choose what you want to do with it, right? So if you're like, I don't know, and it turns out that you're just not ready to face that thing, I don't. it's really an I don't want to know, then that's okay to honor that. And that's the second part that we'll talk about. Um, But it's just part of like asking yourself. So the other part that I've seen come up when we say, I don't know, is that we're trying too hard to logically understand what it is that we're emotionally feeling. And I know that our society conditions us to do that. And it conditions us to be like only in our brains, only mental stuff, only logic stuff. That's the only way to understand things, which is one of my like biggest pet peeves with traditional therapy or current therapy, Um, like quote unquote therapy, Um, which is why I offer my version of healing, which is like not specific to me. Many other people do it. And it's a very ancient practice as well. Um, That's another topic for another time. (laughs) Um, But I just want to say like another hashtag colonization colonialism moment. That's basically where I was going with that. Anyways, um, the, the irony of it is emotions and logic are the exact opposite. It's like yin and yang energy, right? Like Um, I've been trying to not use the terms feminine and masculine energy um, because it limits and erases a lot of people's um, experiences. And I don't know which one is which for yin and yang. So I'm going to Google this really quick. Um, Which one? Okay, so yin is the more feminine one and yang is the more masculine so we'll be using those for this episode until i find better um better descriptives um so logic is the yang energy it's it's doing things motivating having answers putting into action problem solving and yin energy is emotions, flow, feeling, intuition, right? Like, even in these ancient principles, we see the dichotomy between the two. And the fact that we're taught to logically understand our emotions is like an oxymoron, right? So 
I think it's important to note that part because one, a lot of us have been conditioned to do that. And that's our choice if we want to unlearn that and to adopt a new principle. Um, And two, it's just to be aware because that's how everybody else operates. That's what you were taught. So you might not be actually consciously aware that that's the weird oxymoron that you're perpetuating. So in that form of I don't know, where you're trying to logically understand your emotions, then I would say when you get to that point of doing your scanning and realizing where does this I don't know stem from, that's your choice then to say like, okay, so how about I stop trying to logically understand my emotions and how about I just explore them and let them express? And that's part of like the embodiment that I'm going to be talking about. So we'll just get into this one since we're already here. So basically what I mean by that is our emotions are, like I said, part of the yin energy. So everything that goes with the yin energy is part of like embodiment. I feel like those are intertwined, like emotions, being present, embodiment, those are all in a in a way like tied together. You can't have one without the other, right? So what it's calling on you when you're saying, I don't know why I'm feeling like this, it's really calling on you that's like a indicator, oh, I've been avoiding or I've been trying to logically understand my emotions instead of allowing them to speak to me, to speak their wisdom to me, to instead of asking my body what it needs, asking my energy what it needs. Um, and And this is a huge part of what I teach my clients and what I do for people in my psychic energy healing sessions is our emotions, I like to think of them as like a train station. And so they're going to come no matter what. They are scheduled to come into our body, which is the train station, right? The emotions are the train coming into the train station. And they have a schedule and they're meant to be expressed or felt or whatever term you want to insert there. And then once they are, they leave the station and they go on. And so a lot of people, they don't see emotions that way. They see them as like big, scary things, which... I definitely used to think that. That's why I pushed all my emotions down and I never gave them the time of day, which is why I wanted to open with that because I I want you to know, like, I know that this is not something easy that I'm asking you to do. And this is a practice and it takes a lot of patience and gentleness and and practice, right? We're retraining our brain. We're, we're recreating relationships with our body. We're retraining our body's natural response for like fight or flight. We're creating safety in our body. We're, we might not even feel safe like experiencing our emotions at this very moment. So meet yourself where you're at. I will say that. I'm not telling you you need to jump right into this, but I'm just talking about it. Um, and so when we start to reframe how we view our emotions as they're going to come, it's just like thoughts. Thoughts are going to come. They, the train station can work with thoughts too. They're going to come regardless And then it's our decision what we do with them. And so the second part of how I view emotions is that we don't need to 
logically understand them. That is something that we were taught, a programming that was given to us that we don't need to accept, that we have the power to choose, right? Because there's a lot of emotions that we experience that we don't logically understand. And I want to challenge you to adopt that new principle that like, maybe I just need to be present in my body and allow it, allow my body to express what it needs to express. And I don't need to understand why. Um, Because emotions, when they come into the train station, they have an innate wisdom that our body, our cells, our energy knows. And we don't always need to logically understand why they're there, what they're for, what they're teaching us. Our cells and our body understand that. And once we allow them to be expressed and their wisdom to be sent throughout our body, then they leave. Um, There's like a weird statistic um, where it's like if we actually gave our emotions the time to express, they only last about like 90 seconds or something um, that that I saw. And so it really is that because it's like we build up so much. I don't want to express, I don't want to feel my emotions, especially around like anger and sadness, which our society conditions us to be see like sadness as weakness and anger as like unhinged. Um, So if we just allow it to express and we don't need to understand it, that can be a way easier way for us to be present in our body and not have so much pressure on ourselves. Like, what you know, that, oh, I don't know why I'm feeling sad. So what if you don't? What if you don't need to logically know why you're feeling sad? What if you just give yourself time to be sad, to cry, to to uh, be wrapped in a blanket and hold yourself while you stare at the wall? You know, however you express your sadness. Um, because if we just give our body the time to experience it, then it'll likely won't be clinging on. Um, because if we don't learn the wisdom and allow our emotions to experience themselves, then our body like absorbs that and like holds on to it until we do. Which is where like um, a lot of people, I'll recommend the book, The Body Keeps the Score. In and that's part of what I do with energy healing is if we look, um, it's sort of like a tangent, but still very important. A huge part. That the reason why I do psychic energy healing sessions is because I realize like a lot of people, we're only conditioned to logically understand our feelings and our emotions and our trauma and our programming. And then we're not integrating that piece with our body. We're missing the embodiment piece. And so in our mind, we're like, well, I heal from that thing. I understand why I was sad. I realized that I was overreacting or I didn't need to be sad. And I totally get that, you know, like two plus two equals four. But we never sat with our body and allowed it to release or grieve or experience the emotion and and tell it like it's okay how do we make you feel safe what do you need and so in our mind we're like why is this still happening to me why am I still getting sad why am I still attracting the same like situations and scenarios and having the same feelings it's because our body still holds on to that trauma that traumatic experience And we never address our body. So our body doesn't feel safe. Our body doesn't understand why that is. And our body never got the time of day to be heard and seen and acknowledged. So like in our mind, we're like, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Oh, they were just acting out of trauma and that's why they hurt me. But we never asked our body like, 
are you okay? What do you need? Can we give you the time to feel sad? Because even though we understand why, in this example, why the other person hurt you, um, our feelings are still valid, you know? Uh, So that is like a huge part of like the embodiment piece that I like to teach to my clients and that I offer as a service to to kind of bring people back up to speed and to help them if they're not really sure how to, like if they don't have the keys or the tools, right, to to do that yet. Um, and so that's why I think it's really important when you're saying that I don't know, I don't know, to understand where that comes from. And then, like I said, so one could be you're not ready, you don't want to know. One could be, do I really need to know? Is it really that important or can I just give it the time? And then the other one could be, uh, the third one would just be to ask your body. If you're like, I don't know, I don't know, because you're logically trying to understand, um, then flip it. If I can't logically understand it, then let me emotionally understand it. And me emotionally understanding it is allowing my body and my energy to take the take the wheel. Our intuition and our body um, are huge assets to us that we, we don't use in like a symbiotic relationship that we just kind of like my body is this weird thing that I don't like and I judge all the time and it's like no your body is this vessel that holds your energy and your soul and all the things that you believe in or don't and we work with it it's a huge feedback loop right like our body tells us when we're happy our body tells us when we're hungry when we're scared our body lets us jump and run and hug and have sex and all these things um like feel pleasure and desire so we we should like talk to it and have a better relationship with it. Um, and so it's like, I don't know why. Okay, I mean, let me sit down, get centered, be present and ask my body, what's going on? What do, what do you need? What, what can I do for you? Just or just allow it to express the thing that we've been holding in. Um, and then it can pass. And we just know that our body did what it needed to do. And often, like, the way that it works for me is I will do, like, auto writing or journaling or something like that or start by just feeling the emotions. And then once they're starting to come through, then I, you know, shift to, like, writing it down because I want to logically understand it or whatever. It's okay if you still do. (laughs) Um, It's sometimes hard for me to let go of that piece. But it helps you to find the answer of the I don't know. Because if we can't logically understand, we can literally honestly literally just ask your body like I like to put my hand on my heart take a deep breath bring my awareness back to my body close my eyes and ask my body what is going on what are we feeling what do we need to express and I will hear an answer um so it may seem weird to like talk to your body but it works it's a thing it should be done more (laughs) that's why I'm talking about it So those are ways that we can use the I don't knows as a feedback loop. And then the second part of that is like honoring your cycles. So what I mean by that is like most things in life are cyclical. Like if you're, uh, if you have female body parts, you have a period cycle. Um, The moon has cycles. Um, The seasons, there's four seasons that have cycles Um, you know, like we have death and birth cycles. Um, and so it's important to understand what cycle we're in 
in our life or like astrology cycles that can be affecting us. There's so many things. And so sometimes we get in that feeling of like judging ourselves of like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I don't know why I'm like this. I don't know, whatever. I've been feeling very blah, blah, blah lately. And I don't know why. And so it's important to, this is a huge piece of working with your body. Something that you can do is to honor your cycles, like to start tracking your cycles more um, closely or working more closely with your body. So it's like, well, I'm feeling more more sassy today. I'm feeling um, like I have less patience today. Well, I'm about to start my my period cycle. So that makes sense to me. This is maybe you start like a tracker um, in my one of my coachings. Um, my coach, Caitlin, she talks about like this um, taking notes for a whole month and writing down like your natural rhythms and cycles. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be pertaining to the moon or to your period or whatever. Um, it's whatever you resonate with. It could literally be like monthly cycles or weekly cycles. Like every Monday I have a lot of energy because the week is starting. And then by Friday, I'm so unfocused because I just want the weekend to start. Like that is a cycle to keep track of and to honor. Because then when we're understanding our body more and we can answer more questions about why we are the way that we are, yet another office reference, um, then we can start to work with it and in harmony with it instead of judging it and having shame around it and like pushing against it and having resistance against it and trying to make it fit into a box or be something that it's not like your life is going to be easier when you're working with yourself and in flow in your yin and energy instead of like forcing yourself to be something that you're not and and I will say like some people don't have the luxury to do all of those things like if you're not a night owl but you work a nine-to-five job you can't excuse me you can't really um honor that cycle right because you still have to get up early for work or you have a kid and you still have to get early get up early when they get up you can't just be like okay well I'm going to you know stay up late and wake up in the middle of the day I get that. I get that not everybody has that luxury, but we can still look at our cycles because then we can still understand and we're like, well, why am I always tired in the morning? It's so hard for me to get up. It's like, well, maybe you're a night owl. And then it makes it easier. Like that G.I. Joe quote, knowing is half the battle. It really is true. I used to be like that for myself. I used to be like, well, why can't I get up at this time? And why can't I blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, when I learned that I had ADHD, it was like, wow, this is part of my cycle, right? This is who I am as a person. So now that I'm working for myself, a big part of ADHD is like, if you don't have an external motivator, like someone telling you to do something, someone counting on you, like a big brother type of energy, um, not big brother in terms of like siblings, big brother in terms of like 1984. Um, and if you don't have that, then if you don't rely on yourself. Like that's a big part of ADHD. If I don't have an external motivator, I'm not going to motivate myself. So when I realized like, that's why I'm not waking up every day when I started working for myself, um, it made it a lot easier. So I set in place things that could help me to support myself and to not judge myself, right? Like maybe I don't need to get up early every day. Maybe I just honor when I wake up. Um, maybe I set 70 million alarms and I'm not angry at myself for not waking up at the first one, you know? So 
it really does make your life a lot easier when you start honoring your cycles. So that is something that you can do is to start tracking for like a month, maybe three months and to check in regularly because your cycles are naturally going to change. Um, so you kind of can start working with yourself when you're like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I don't know what's going on. It's like, well, maybe we can check the astrology cycles, like what's going on for you in your chart. Maybe it is like a feminine, um, not feminine, a female body part thing. Um, maybe it's a moon thing. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe you're nearing your Saturn return because you're turning 29 or something, you know? So it's important to honor those cycles. So I just realized that I've been saying like honoring your cycles this whole time, but I guess like some of the examples that I'm using are not like cyclical. They're like things that are always going to be there, like my ADHD. And I was saying honoring your cycles because a lot of stuff is cyclical and it's like a language that I like because it allows you to not feel tied to any one thing right? Like it's like, it doesn't need to stay this forever. It can ebb and flow and change. Um, So I will say like, as an addendum to this, it's like honoring your cycles plus why are you the way that you are? (laughs) You know. So it's like, the more you can understand why am I the way that I am, then it makes it a lot easier. That's definitely a huge part of uh, my embodiment uh, practice and process that I feel like a lot of people don't really talk about is like really having a greater understanding for who you are and how you work best and what what your triggers are and what's going on for you as much as possible as you can is going to make, like I said, your life that much easier because you won't be resisting and fighting against yourself. You'll be working with yourself and honoring those pieces of yourself instead of judging and shaming them. And Like big pieces for me that helped me get there is like astrology, you know, learning about your zodiac placements really can reveal a lot about yourself. Um, Human design has been like a huge thing for me, like learning what your human design is and getting a reading to like describe what it is. Um, That has been really eye opening for me. Um, Like sitting down and asking yourself, like, what are your desires, your dreams? What do you want to do? Like, And then I said, like, also writing down, doing, like, taking note for, like, a month or three months to see, like, just your natural rhythms of things. Um, Maybe that would be better, honoring your rhythms. I think that is uh, a better all-inclusive phrase. And so, yeah, I, I really feel like those are huge parts of embodiment oh and the the third or the not third but the last one that I will say is like working with your intuition right like the more we can work with our yin energy to be more embodied and to listen to that the better we'll be and that's like a statement I'm willing to fight for (laughs) because like logically understanding things just doesn't work all the time and it's not the best and we can be tricked by our ego and all of these things and If we're learning to trust and grow in our intuition, then we'll never be steered wrong. We'll never be fooled when we're listening to our intuition and we're following that. And a huge part of listening and working with your intuition is being embodied. Like it takes a lot of work to slow down and to listen. 
to allow those words or visions or however you experience your intuition to come through you. It's all working with your body. Like if you think about it, it's like all the clairs that there are. So clairvoyance, you're visualizing. Clairaudience, you're hearing. Claircognizance, you know. And a lot of that is like gut feeling, which is like through your body. Um, we have clairgustance, which is when you taste stuff. Then there's clairalience, which is when you smell stuff. And then there's clair... Mm, I said claircognizance, right? Yeah. Claircognizance, clairaudience, clairvoyance. There's one more. Oh, um, clairsentience, where you feel things. All of those are through your body, using your body, right? Like, I hear, I see, I feel, I know, I... I smell and I taste. Those are all using your body. So like, that's like, if that is not the thing that convinces you, if you weren't already convinced, like really a huge part of like working and and growing and amplifying your intuition is going to be being more embodied. So for the rest of this episode, I want to talk about like other ways that you can be embodied that I've used that have worked for me. And again, only take what resonates. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't try and do everything that I've talked about. Do one thing at a time. If it doesn't vibe with you, that's okay. Use your intuition, right? So ways to start feeling, uh, to start having like greater embodiment. First of all, I want to like kind of define what I feel embodiment is because I feel like a lot of people have a very limited scope of what embodiment is when they're talking about it um, or like a very limited set of things that you can do. Um, so for me, embodiment is literally just being present in your body, finding ways to be present in your body, finding, having a, building a, that's a lot of words, <laughs> building a deeper relationship or starting one if you don't already have, I mean, technically we all have one because we're all living with our body every day. So deepening our relationship with our body um, and our intuition and just like creating a routine or a practice around that because I, I like it to be more open-ended because for me, it's really hard for me to do meditation every single day and not to fall off the wagon or work out every every three day every or three times a week, you know, every week. Like, I, I think that when people say like, oh, in order to be embodied, you should just meditate every day. Like, I feel like that's very limiting and it puts a lot of pressure on you. Like, oh, I'm not embodied if I don't do this. And it's like when you have a, a broader definition like that, it's like listening to my body, having a better relationship, if that's the goal, that could mean like, eating foods that make me happy in the moment or picking foods that are like going to be better for my body in the long run, um, moving my body, uh, working out, like um, dancing, meditating, um, ch- checking in like every single day to see what's going on, allowing my body to express its emotions, like listening to it, using my intuition, like all of those are ways that you can be embodied or practices that help to have you be embodied, right? Like a lot of people are like, oh, meditate, journal, work out, eat right, like cleanse your chakras, like all these things, like that's it. And it's like, it's so much more expansive than that. Like honoring the fact, like the relationship piece with your body is like the biggest one. And that is very, I like to keep it vague because it's like honoring when you feel unsafe in your body, working with your body to create safety, um, you know, 
honoring your desires and your pleasures with your body. Um, all of these, you know, not judging it, not looking in the mirror and picking it apart, apologizing to your body for how you may have treated it in the past. Like all of these are ways to be embodied and to create a deeper relationship with your body. So that's kind of like what I feel it it is because the deeper relationship we have with our body, the more we'll be able to hear it and listen to it and work with it. Really the ultimate goal with embodiment is like to be able to be present in our body so that we can experience life in the present moment and work with our body, not against our body. Um, So we can kind of, like, I see it a lot as like disjointed, like my mind is over here and my body is over here and I'm working to get them to come together and work in harmony. Um, So with all that being said, other ways besides the ones I've already mentioned for greater embodiment. Um, meditating definitely is a big one. Now I will say meditating can be done so many different ways. Um, you can meditate while running, while in the car, while listening to music, while dancing, while just sitting still. Um, so by watching nature, uh, by doing breath work, by, saying ohms and things like that. There's so many different ways to meditate. So don't um, think that meditating is just keeping your mind quiet um, because that's not what being present is, is about. Meditation is a practice. So when anything is a practice, you have to practice at it to get good, right? And the goal of meditation is to practice being present. So in those moments when it's like, harder you it becomes easier for you to be present because you've practiced at it right so it's just like you you practice sports to get better at it it's the same thing um so meditation for me especially with ADHD sometimes I have specific intentions when I go in to get answers from my guides to express my feelings to just be present um, so there's there's definitely like an intention that you go in with, in my opinion. Um, if your goal is to be present, that doesn't mean that you have to have no thoughts and clear your mind. The, you're always going to have thoughts coming in. The practice is like learning how to move through them and release them and return back to the present moment. Now, the easiest way to do that is with your breath, to just breathe them deep through your stomach, in through your nose, out through your mouth. And that is when you find yourself trailing off and the thought or whatever, bring yourself back with your breath. Um, sometimes I don't try and quiet my mind. I just want to let it run its natural course and see what thoughts are coming up, what things need to be explored. That is part of like being present for me um, because I have ADHD. And then part of it is just breathing in just being in the moment, not worrying about other things, not thinking about things. Of course, I'm getting a phone call. Sorry. Um, so that's part of it. And yeah, I don't want to say too much about meditation because I want you all to define your own personal kind of meditation. Like people have guided meditation. That's really, really helpful sometimes for being present. If you have somebody telling you and reminding you to come back to that moment. Um, 
and those can be found on like YouTube and like all kinds of apps and stuff. So there's that. That is a huge way to be embodied. Um, another way to be embodied is to honor your emotions, which is why I was talking about like the I don't knows and the honoring your cycles, because if we're not creating space in our in our time, in our life, in our body for it to express and be heard and be seen, then we're not going to be embodied, right? Like we're basically avoiding the um, the practice or the objective of being embodied. So giving yourself time to express your emotions and to feel them, like whether that's therapy, working with like a spiritual professional like me, whether it's journaling, whether it's like meditating. Um, I used to, when I first started, it was so, so hard for me the only time I could do that was in the bath because I'm a cancer son. So the water, the warm water, um, being in a space where it's just me and my body, um, that allowed me to start creating that relationship with myself, um, in a less judgmental way. (laughs) Um, so definitely like allowing yourself to feel the emotions, to express them without judgment as much as possible. Um, Anything that you can do to make yourself, your inner child, whatever you're going through, feel seen, heard, acknowledged, and and safe. That's going to be, like, the key to embodiment, in my opinion. So, like, I realized that, like, I never allowed my body to feel safe. Like, I think I talked about it last time with, like, my partner and how I thought it wasn't him, but it was, like, just in general. I didn't feel safe around men. And that was a huge thing for me. So I was like, whoa, I've never given my body that space to be like, you are safe here. And I'm not a believer in um, zero to 60. So when I was learning this, I heard people who did like affirmations and then were like, it's okay for me to be safe. I am safe. I am safe. And that was triggering as fuck for me because every time I heard that word, I am safe. My body was like tightening, resisting. I couldn't even breathe in deep. Like that's how, how bad it was for me. So, and I wasn't realizing it cause I wasn't embodied. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just breathe in deep? Like I wasn't giving my body the gentleness and the space. Okay. You're not feeling okay. You're not feeling safe. Let's give you that space. Right. So, um, I kind of like subscribe to the idea of, well, what if I can feel safer? What can I do to feel a little bit more safe? Like I like to think of it as like a spectrum or like, um, what are those things called? Um, like a sliding scale. And so it's like, if I feel zero on a scale of one to 10, if I feel safety for me is a zero right now in my body when I ask my body. And that's important too. Anything that you're doing around this, ask your body, ask your inner child. Don't ask yourself because then your ego is going to answer and it's going to give you BS answers and you're not going to really get to the root. Like literally address your body. Um, So if I feel zero safe, how can I, I'm not trying to feel 10, that that's not going to happen in this session, right? So what if I can feel 0.5? What if I can feel one? What if I can feel three? right? So we're working on a scale and this is going to change. We're not, oh, okay, I got to a three. Next time I check in back at a zero, like that's okay. That's totally okay. Or next time I'm at a six, that's also okay. 
So just like honoring that and realizing like, what can I do to make myself feel more safe, safer than I am? Um, So that is like a huge thing. Um, And even if you're working with regular emotions, like I'm sad, how can I make myself feel less sad, right? Or how can I express my sadness? How can I start to open up and to feel that a little tiny bit? I don't need to feel all of it. I can feel a little bit. So that's, with all that being said, like what I'm trying to say is like, don't try and do everything like zero to 60. It's okay. It's a process. It's going to take time. Some people it's going to be faster than others. Some people it's going to take years, days, months, whatever it is, lifetimes. It's okay. So honoring, that's why the big part of like honoring where you are, honoring your rhythms. Um, So checking in, giving yourself whatever that looks like. It could be journaling. It could be in surrounded by all your stuffed animals in the bath whatever um safe space that you can create and maybe you physically don't have a safe space you go into your visualization and you find a safe space right so doing that is going to help you having that be like a regular um routine or practice and and i say regular routine that's up to your discretion. If you feel you can't do that all the time, that's a lot. Once a month, once a week, twice a month, once a day, twice a day, like that's all up to you. And I say that because a huge part of embodiment is to try and remove the shame, guilt, and pressure that we put on ourselves. So any any like construct that or programming that we put on ourselves that creates those feelings that's going to make it harder for us to heal um, and to be embodied. So it's like, if I'm like, I need to do it every single day, and then I don't, then I'm judging myself and putting pressure on myself for not doing it every single day. That's not helping me. That's hurting me. So it's like, it's okay if I didn't feel up to it. That's also part of like honoring your rhythm, right? I'm not feeling up to it right now. Or if you keep putting it off, checking in. Why am I putting this off? It's like the same thing as I don't know, right? Why am I not doing this? Oh, I'm having a lot of resistance because I'm scared or I have a lot of fear around this or um, I'm not ready to face this. Or sometimes, you know, for me when I was going through this, it was like, I don't want to stop being a victim. I don't want to feel healed around this. Holding on to the pain and the sadness and the trauma was part of like who I was, was what I felt made me strong. And that's also like asking yourself these programs that you have, like really trying to allow yourself to get to those answers. And that's asking your body, asking your inner child is going to get you the quickest answers um, for these, like the root reasons why, because when we try and logically explain it and understand it, you're never going to get to that answer. Um, So I got to those answers and I was like, oh, that makes sense. I felt being strong was holding on to the trauma and still being in pain. And if I healed from it, then that who am I if I'm not my trauma, you know? So that is, that is something you can do. Um, and I've mentioned like the journaling, t- taking a bath, whatever thing for you works around that. So I'll list a few. So taking baths, journaling, um, you know, just like, breathing in deep if you breathe in um for four counts and you exhale for five so as long as your exhale is longer than your inhale that's actually a nervous system regulation technique so if you're feeling very anxious or triggered when you're doing the work 
breathing in for four counts, out for five, is going to help to regulate your nervous system so you can create greater safety in your body and peace. Um, so like breathing, um, sitting outside in nature, surrounding yourself with all your favorite things, um, laying in your bed and, you know, in a place where you feel safe doing it, you know, getting, cuddling up, talking to somebody, you know, whatever it is that, that you feel when you check in, you need, you can, you can do any of those practices to help you get those like answers and work through it. Um, other practices of embodiment. Um, and also, oh, I forgot to say like therapy or like working with a professional around this, someone that you trust that for me was like a big thing. Cause it was like a way to hold myself accountable so that I was still making sure that I was focusing on my healing at least once every other week, you know? So those are ways that you can do that for yourself. There's apps that help you with that, YouTube things that help you with that. Um, okay, so we did that. So other ways to be embodied. So working with your body, um, like creating more opportunities to check in and work with your intuition and your body. So like I said, asking yourself what you want to eat. Food is a huge, huge way to do this. Um, I'm feeling very sad right now. So I want to eat a comfort food. I'm feeling like kind of checking in with your body and this is what your body is saying. I'm feeling very dehydrated. So I'm going to drink water. I'm feeling like I want greens. Well, maybe I'm not getting enough green nutrients, right? So working with your body is like a very easy way to um, not working with your body. Checking in about food is a very easy way to like practice embodiment. That's not like super high risk um, for most people. If you have like a disorder or disease around food, then honor that. I understand that that can be a huge trigger for people. Um, that is an easy way to start picking food that feels like intuitively good to you, um, making decisions around that, like, and that can expand from food to what do I want to do right now? Asking your body what you want to do, honoring your joy and your happiness, right? Like, so I really feel like I just want to go outside and run, then do that that's going to be really healing for you because you're creating more opportunities to check in with your body and to ask it, what do I need right now? What do I want right now? What is going to make me happy right now? What is going to bring me joy right now? So creating more of those rituals or opportunities is a big way you can practice embodiment. Um, and I talked a lot about like the sad emotions um, or the not so funny emotions, but honoring the other emotions, right? Like many, many people they um, they don't allow themselves to experience happiness or joy or to honor their celebration or their victories, to celebrate their victories and their achievements. So that is another thing that you can do with embodiment, right? Like gratitude practice. We can have a daily um, check-in. Um, I don't know if you can hear my dog is like making a bunch of noise, so I apologize. <laughs> Um, but checking in with your body in that way, like, I'm really happy right now. So what can I do? Play a song and dance, like scream, find a gift that matches my emotions and send it to somebody like honoring your, um, 
your success, you know, like being open to feeling your sadness is part of it, but being open to feeling your joy is a huge part of it. Like we're humans, we need to feel the full spectrum, right? So there's that. Um, and, you know, being deserving and, and celebrating your success is also a huge thing for people. So that can be a practice that you can work on. Um, gratitude is a huge way to stay embodied because you check in every day and you say, what am I grateful for? And sometimes that can be really hard when you start and you're like, I have nothing to be grateful for. This day fucking sucked. Well, I'm grateful that I got up. I'm grateful that I can breathe and put air in my lungs, right? I'm grateful that, I don't know, like that my legs work. Like it can be so basic. It can be so basic because not everybody has those things, right? So having a daily practice of gratitude or however, like I said, however many days, however many, whatever you want to do that works for you, um, that is going to be a huge way to be embodied. Um, And I know that there's like so many more. These are just like ones that are coming up for me. And so the last one that I'll say is like practicing like good energetic hygiene which is like low-key a plug for my upcoming masterclass called Master Your Energy. Um, And I'll put that in the link for our Instagram and the show notes. But having like energetic hygiene is a good way to be embodied because if you are regularly cleansing your energy and honoring that maybe you're empathic and you take on other people's emotions and like protecting yourself in that way, Um, protecting your energy from other people who might want to like drain your energy Um, and and giving away our energy is like a way to give away our power so if we're like recalling that back to us every day that's a huge way to like check in with your body because like I said your body is part of your energy so that is like having some kind of practice like that like a lot of people do that in the shower they they wash away everything that they may have taken on from other people during the day or given to and recalling stuff that they've given to people. So having like good energetic hygiene is going to be really nice for your embodiment practice as well. So if you're interested in learning about that um, and you want to take my course, like I said, link will be in the show notes and on our IG page. And it's on my personal page um, with more, much more info on my personal page and my website. Um And if you have any other ones that I'm sure I've missed a whole bunch, I tried to pick ones that were like the ones that other people don't necessarily talk about or talking about them a little bit differently. But also it's like ones that I've used. Um, Yeah. And like working with your chakras too is another one. Like the big one that comes to mind right now is like the throat, like singing, yelling, speaking your piece, writing it out, saying it out loud after you've written it. Like, honoring those things when it when you check in and if it feels out of whack like honoring that so like if you want to drop into your heart space you can have cocoa not Hershey's chocolate but cocoa and um, that activates there's certain foods that can activate those spaces so that you can drop in and be more embodied in them and those are easily googleable googleable I think that's a word right (laughs) those can be easily googled um and, and like eating foods or wearing colors to boost your mood or to amplify your, the way that you're feeling and your chakras and the healing that you're focusing on in any given moment. 
Um, so you can do that with color in your space, color in your wardrobe, your makeup, your food you're eating, all of the colors pertain to each other. Um, and like I said, you can Google all of that stuff. There's tons of literature on that. That's free. And yeah, so we have our first freaking, I blanked on the word, patron, Emma. I'm so excited for you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much, Emma, for being our first patron. And you get access to cool merch when I design it, which will be coming up soon. And bonus content and episodes, which you'll be getting one this week. So if you're interested, I'll put that in our show notes. It's in our Instagram and our website stuff too. Um, Until next time, y'all. Stay frosty. I don't know why that came to my head. I thought of the most interesting Mad in the World commercial. He's like, stay thirsty, my friends. But I don't want you to stay thirsty. I want you to be hydrated. So, oh, I think I was beginning to say, if you have any other stuff that you've done for embodiment, send it in and I will like give it a shout out in the next episode um, or like comment on the post and on our IG and all that stuff. So yee! Okay, now it's actually goodbye for real. Bye-bye! If you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchyandweird slash support. You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash wishyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!